You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode four, questions for self-reflection. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. How are you? What an amazing week it's been. I launched the podcast only a couple of days ago, and the response has been incredible. Thank you to everyone who has listened to the first three episodes And especially to those of you who have shared it with your friends and left ratings and reviews. I was showing Marissa, my daughter, some of the reviews, and she was like, okay, so who'd you have leave these for you? And I'm like, no, I don't even know these people. I swear. I don't, I don't even know who they are. Like it was so awesome. And keep going, you know, keep sharing and leaving the reviews because the more you do that, the more other people see the podcast. And, you know, I just want this message of being calm and connected to spread as far and as wide as possible. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. So next week is Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. And being Jewish is actually a huge part of my identity and my life. So I might talk about some things Jewish on the podcast, but it doesn't mean that if you're not Jewish, that you aren't welcome here or that you won't understand what I'm talking about. I'll explain everything and it will all apply to you whether you're Jewish or not. So Rosh Hashanah literally translates to head of the year. Rosh means head and Hashanah means the year. And each year, the first night of Rosh Hashanah begins a 10-day period of self-reflection. The 10 days of Teshuvah, they're called. And Teshuvah is often translated as repentance, showing regret or remorse. But it literally means return. During Teshuvah, we admit our mistakes. We apologize to those we may have hurt, both intentionally and unintentionally. And we return to the best version of ourselves. We return to a deeper, better understanding of our place in the world. And we return to God. Teshuvah is a process that includes reflecting on our lives and thinking about where we may have missed the mark, where we made mistakes, or didn't behave in ways that were kind, or loving, or honest. I'm a big proponent of using self-reflecting as a tool with kids. In my job as a school counselor, I'm always asking kids to reflect on their behavior when they break a rule or use poor judgment. I'll ask them, what did you do? How did your behavior impact other people? What could you have done differently? What will you do differently the next time? I think that it can be powerful for kids and adults to answer these kinds of questions and that we can learn so much from taking the time to self-reflect. And that's largely what coaching is about too, right? Taking the time to self-reflect and understand ourselves better so we can live with intention and achieve the life that we want. Henry David Thoreau wrote that the unexamined life is not worth living. But many people are resistant to examining their lives. It's like when you have a really cluttered closet, 
and you go to clean it out, you turn on the light and you're like, ugh, this is such a mess. I don't want to deal with this. And so you turn off the light and shut the door. That's what it's like sometimes to have a look at your life and what you're creating. It can feel so overwhelming. So you just never stop to take the time to examine it. And you keep creating the same results over and over. As a mom, it's easy to get caught up in your day-to-day routines and let life pass you by. You know, let one day roll into the next. You can get into a rut when you don't stop to ask yourself, is this working for me? What could be different? What could be better? So I want to talk about three of the benefits that a regular reflective practice can offer. Number one, self-reflection allows you to see yourself more clearly. You know, sometimes we think we know ourselves well, but when we really start to look and notice the things we think and do, we realize there's a lot we don't actually know. Number two, self-reflection lets you identify your strengths so that you can build on them. At the same time, it helps you identify your weaknesses and where you want to grow. And number three, self-reflection allows you to make more thoughtful decisions about your actions. With the insight that you gather about yourself, you can make a plan to design the life you want. The process of self-reflection focuses on asking yourself questions. Now, as a coach, I ask my clients a lot of questions. And the reason asking really good questions is important is because when you ask your brain a question, it immediately goes searching for an answer to that question. Remember, the lower brain or the barking dog that I mentioned in the last episode, he doesn't like the unknown. That feels very scary and threatening to him. So when you ask yourself a question, the brain will start looking for an answer. I like to imagine the dog playing fetch with the question. You throw out a question and he comes running back to you with the answer. And those answers come in the form of your thoughts. And that's ultimately what we want to examine in coaching, because if you've listened to my other episodes, you know that our thoughts create our feelings. Our feelings drive our actions, which ultimately create our results. So I love to ask my clients simple but powerful questions. Did you know that not all questions are created equal? There are some questions that are not at all useful. For example, a lot of moms ask themselves these dead-end questions like, why am I always so tired? Why are my kids so disrespectful? Or why is parenting so hard? These types of questions aren't useful. They have negative assumptions and beliefs built right into them as if they're true. If you've ever asked yourself, why are my kids so disrespectful? Your problem isn't that you can't figure out why they're being disrespectful. Your problem is that you think they're being disrespectful in the first place and you believe that thought. If you've ever asked, why is parenting so hard? Your problem isn't that you can't figure out why parenting is hard. Your problem is that you think it's a problem that parenting is hard and that it means something negative about you. These kinds of questions will never lead you to a solution. You'll just keep turning them over and over in your head and wading through the muck of negative feelings caused by them. I used to ask myself, why can't I keep my house organized? And my brain would come back with answers and excuses like, well, there's something wrong with you. You're just too busy and you're incapable of staying organized. 
The question had a negative belief built into it, the belief that I can't keep my house organized. And when my brain came back with those answers, I felt ashamed, defeated, and disempowered. So when I was feeling that way, did I feel driven to organize anything? No, I wanted to hide under the covers and eat chocolate all day. I'd do anything to avoid organizing and feeling like more of a failure. And that result gave me even more evidence of my belief that I couldn't keep my house organized. I read books upon books about home organization. I hired a professional organizer, but nothing changed permanently because of my underlying thought that I couldn't keep my house organized. The dead-end question I was asking myself kept me stuck in feeling overwhelmed and incapable of organizing. The opposite of a dead-end question is a powerful question. Powerful questions have much more positive beliefs built into them, and they generate more positive feelings and actions. When I learned about asking these powerful, empowering questions, I began asking myself some new questions like, what will I organize in my kitchen this week? And what are two things I can get rid of from this pile of paper? And in what areas of my life and in my house am I organized? These questions opened my mind up to the possibilities in front of me, and I felt more capable, determined, and motivated. Another reason I love asking questions as a coach is that when you answer the questions, you find the wisdom that's already inside you. As your coach, I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't do, and I can't fix your problems. I just ask the right questions to show you yourself and help you find the answers that feel true for you. It's important to understand that you won't always know when you're asking yourself a dead-end question because they're often subconscious. But anytime you're feeling victimized or hopeless and you feel like you're just spinning inside your own head, that's usually an indication of some dead-end questions or thoughts. When you notice this, you can ask yourself some powerful questions to help you get unstuck. So I'm going to go over five of my top powerful questions right now on the podcast, but I've also created like a pretty little download sheet of 50 powerful questions to ask yourself, and I'll let you know where you can get that at the end for free. So the first powerful question is, what's the thought causing the way I feel right now? And I love this question because it forces you to take a look at your thoughts and what they're creating. And by doing so, you take responsibility for your feelings rather than blaming other people or external circumstances. Number two, why am I choosing to think this thought? I love this question. It's such a powerful one because, again, it puts you in the driver's seat as the one creating your own emotions. And it also asks you to look for the hidden payoff of believing the thought. So for example, if I choose to think parenting is so hard, the payoff might be that I can give myself like a pass or an excuse when I yell at my kids or have a little too much to eat or to drink, you know, because parenting is so hard. So I'm off the hook. For most people, a thought like parenting is so hard causes them to feel stressed out. When you're stressed out, how do you behave? Do you snap at your kids more often? Do you overeat or overdrink? Do you stay at work longer every day? Right? These actions create results that give even more evidence to your thought that parenting is hard. 
Can you see that? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, I love the thought, I can do hard things. Whenever my own brain wants to indulge in thoughts about how hard things are, I tell it, yes, and I can do hard things. Number three, how do I want to feel in this situation? A lot of times we know how we don't want to feel, and we focus on that. We spend a lot of time and energy resisting and avoiding those emotions that we don't want. I want you to shift your focus and think about how you do want to feel. If nothing about your external situation changes, how do you want to feel about it? And the fourth question kind of goes along with this. So number four is, what would I need to think or believe in order to feel that way? So let's say I want to feel calm when my daughter is whining. What would I need to think or believe in order to feel that way? Well, I'd need to believe that nothing has gone wrong. Kids whine. I'd need to believe that even though she's whining, it's not a reflection of me and my parenting. I'd need to believe that it's totally okay and normal for her to whine and that I get to choose how I want to respond. I can redirect her. I can leave the room. I can remind her to use her big girl voice. Then I can practice thinking and believing those thoughts. Now, I want to say here that my coaching isn't about feeling good all the time. There are plenty of instances where you'll want to feel a negative emotion like anger or grief or disappointment. The point is not to feel good all the time. The point is that you recognize you're in control of how you feel and that you always have a choice. So number five is what's perfect about this? And I love this question too, because so many of us dwell in the negative and only see what's wrong about a situation. This question, what's perfect about this, helps us identify the good no matter how small. Remember, your brain wants to answer the questions you ask it. So like I said, I have a free download for you of 50 powerful questions to ask yourself. You can get it by going to this week's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 004. Every week, there will be show notes to go along with each episode. So this is episode four, and the show notes are at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 004. And there I'll leave things that I mention on the podcast, you know, links to books that I mention or people or special offers and things like that. So that's where you'll find that. And I also want to tell you about a website called Do You 10Q. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. When you sign up at their website, they'll send you a question to reflect upon every day for the 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. Whether you're Jewish or not, 10Q is a great way for you to reflect on the past year and look ahead to the year to come. And then your answers to the 10 questions are stored in an online vault and sent to you the following year. It's super cool. I've actually been participating in it since 2009, and I love to look over my answers from the year before and answer the questions for the current year. So go to the show notes to get your 50 powerful questions download and the information to sign up for 10Q. 10Q is totally free. I'm not an affiliate for them. They don't even know me. So I just thought it was something cool that seemed to fit with this week's topic. So for those of you who celebrate Rosh Hashanah, I wish you a very happy, happy holiday. 
And I wish you and your families and everyone listening a sweet year full of health, happiness, and peace. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.